Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and uh, it's another gloomy day here in Wisconsin, uh, and not just because we have an incompetent governor. Uh, It's rainy, and it's icky, and it's one of those days where you just want to sit home and curl up in a nice fuzzy blanket and watch the world go by, but no. I'm here talking to you. That's how much I love you. I got out of bed this morning. So uh, before we get into the crux of uh, what we're going to be discussing, because as always, there's a lot to discuss, uh, I must remind you that this is a recorded program, although we are recording it today, November the 11th, the year of our Lord, 2021. It is uh, Veterans Day, so... To all of you that served, uh, whether in great measure or small, thank you for your service. I know it's not popular anymore. It's like we're, we're back in the 60s and the Vietnam soldiers are coming home and, you know, uh, hairy armpitted women are spitting at them because what do they know about war? And that's the thing. We give credence to people that should never have a voice. And we try to silence the people that actually have a little bit of life experience, that have seen enough of this world and how cruel man can be to man to actually make a coherent argument for, I don't know, national identity, secure borders, hundreds and hundreds of other things. But no, we got Whoopi Goldberg, who looks like she hasn't showered in a decade. We've got the other one that looks like she's perpetually sucking on a lemon, Joy. Is it Joy? No, it's the other one. Who cares? They're all useless bags of just hot mess. I'm not going to call it something else. But they come up with these theories having no life experience to base it upon. We're just supposed to accept everybody and embrace everybody, and if you don't agree, you're a racist. But how many people is enough? I mean, is, is all of Central America going to move here? Are we allowed to move there? No, they still have governments. If you try to sneak into Guatemala, you'll get arrested. You'll probably catch a beating in prison. And if you don't know the right people, and if you can't bribe your way out of the situation you'll likely spend many moons in the Guatemalan prison. Where, unless you are, you know, a man of my stature, brimming with musculature, uh, you may become, uh, you know, the cuddle bunny of some tattooed inmate. Just saying. So, anyway, as I was previously stating, even though it's gloomy out, I'm in a good mood. Why am I in a good mood? Well, I could give you the cliché because this is what the American church has become. All cliché, no power. 
All cliche, no substance. All cliche, no theology. All cliche, no foundation. All we are is, is, is just an amalgam of cliches. So I can give you that because Jesus loves me cliche, but you knew that. I knew that. We all know this. The reason I'm in a good mood is because I've been just mainlining coffee since I woke up this morning. And even now I am holding my hot, delicious beverage in my hand. And uh, at some point during uh, the program, I may imbibe. Yes, I use the word imbibe for coffee. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, lots to talk about, but before we do... Uh, there is a public service announcement I was asked to deliver. Apparently, our last PSA did so well that uh, certain individuals reached out again and said, hey, can you do something for us? And I said, sure, because I'm a nice, affable individual. And they said, well, we're having a difficult time uh, getting people to accept the idea that their Thanksgiving table may be bare and that at some point come January or February or March, they may freeze to death in their own homes. So is there any way you can spin that for us? Make it seem like a net positive. So I racked my brain, my, my caffeine-soaked brain, and this is what I came up with. You know that you've been trying to lose that last 5 or 10 pounds forever. Well, now here's your chance. Leading scientists say that starvation makes you lose weight like nothing else. So instead of moaning and complaining that there's nothing on your Thanksgiving table, that instead of a real-life turkey, you have a picture of a turkey and some tofu that nobody bought in the store because it was moldy and they didn't know what it was. Instead of being a sourpuss and saying, why are all the store shelves bare? Look on the bright side. You're about to join the people of Venezuela in their commitment to lose weight. It's not cultural appropriation, if we don't say it is. So, remember back in the day when the Venezuelans started having shortages and the average Venezuelan citizen lost, what was it, 15 pounds in a year? Now, keep in mind, that's the average. There are people in government who are probably gaining weight because... Although you and I will suffer, you and I will suffer lack, you and I will suffer the indignity of standing in food lines at some point, your elected officials are better than you. And so they will feast upon the carcasses of lamb and cows alike. They shall throw a ribeye to their dog, a ribeye that you would stab your neighbor in the throat for. Because all they eat is filet. Because nothing says cultured like filet mignon. And if Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez and her donkey teeth are anything, well, cultured it is. So, this Thanksgiving, while you're sitting around an empty table, 
and being thankful that there are no more mean tweets. Just remember, there's a silver lining in every cloud, and you fitting into the clothes you haven't been able to fit in for 25 years may just be that silver lining. Now, as far as the freezing to death thing, I really couldn't find a positive other than they say freezing to death is not half bad. You get almost jovial as you pass into the great beyond from, you know, hypothermia. So there's that. If this doesn't work, then the last thing we can try is just to collectively say, it's Donald Trump's fault, even though it's not. But still, if he hadn't gone and won in 2016, we'd likely be dead already. So there's that. And that concludes my public service announcement. Because from what I'm hearing, children, uh, there are diesel shortages on the West Coast. There are diesel shortages in California, in Arizona, in New Mexico, parts of Utah, parts of Colorado. And I know, I promised I wouldn't try to make you think too hard, but what requires diesel fuel? That's right, big trucks. Or as Pete Buttigieg would say, the trucks that go, uh, uh. If you can't get diesel and the trucks aren't moving, pray tell, how exactly will we uh, disperse the cargo that is waiting on the 120-plus ships floating out in the California coast? Because mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with Gino the other day. Oh, people are saying China's doing this on purpose. Doing what on purpose? Making us stupid? How exactly is China doing anything to us? The cargo ships are waiting out in international waters. All they need is the, come on in. Floating beaver, floating beaver. This is Big Daddy. Come on in. We're ready to unload you. They're waiting. Cargo is on ships waiting to be unloaded. The Chinese really want your money. Because right now the Chinese economy is taking a hit. Big, big, big corporations are declaring bankruptcy and defaulting on loans in China. So the Chinese aren't looking to keep you from buying those Barbie dolls you so wanted to buy because that'll hurt you worse than anything. I'm not talking about the Chinese-made stuff that you could do without. We're going to have real shortages of stuff you need to survive. Right now, uh, the man who wonders every morning who pooped in his diaper is talking about shutting down another pipeline. I, mean, I, I, I know it's not him. You know, the deepest thought Mr. Robinette Biden's likely had for the past year and a half is who Captain Kirk in his diaper. That's, that's honestly seeing him and the way he presents. I think that's likely the deepest thought he had. I wonder who Captain Kirk in my diaper. I don't know what I'm talking about. Star Trek fans, 
Who was Captain Kirk? That's right, William the Shatner. Now, what's William Shatner's nickname? That's right, the Shat. So, that's what Mr. Robinette Biden wonders in every morning. Who Captain Kirked in my diaper? Because he can't acknowledge the fact that it was him. Because, well, he's the man that took on Corn Pop, and any man that takes on Corn Pop has control of his bowels, dang it. Did you see this one, though? He's, he's giving some speech the other day, and, and he's as floored by the price of a gallon of gas as I've seen any human being be floored about anything. He's standing up there, and he goes, did you ever think you'd see that kind of price on a gallon of gas? Uh, well, yeah. Go back in the archives of this little old program and see that Uncle Mikey told you, oh, six months ago, it's going to get bad. And you haven't even seen the start of it yet. I know. I like to repeat this once in a while. You have no idea what you've done, but you will. Look, real people are going to die because of the incompetence of this administration. Real people are going to die because zealots in this administration don't care about your welfare, your family's welfare, how you're going to get by this winter, how you're going to pay your heating bill because it's going up 60 70%. Beacon platitudes that have no practical application in the day-to-day. We're going to be energy independent. How does that happen? We already were energy independent. And then we decided to shut down pipelines and prohibit people from, you know, actually bringing oil out of the earth in this country because climate change. You got, you got John Kerry who, honestly, I, I'm, it's John Kerry. All right, if ever there was a man deserving of scorn, it's John Kerry. Because all the world is a circus, and we are beholding the clowns. Uh, John Kerry uh, happens to be President Joe Biden's climate envoy. And he said, listen to this. And I promise you, they have no plan as to how they're going to implement this, other than, we're just going to shut it down. Well, but how are people going to, we don't care. You think John Kerry's ever going to go hungry? You think John Kerry's ever going to be cold? Well, just layer up. You know, do your part to save the planet. We're 17 layers. And, you know, body heat, just, just hug your family as you freeze to death because we need to save the planet. John Kerry said that there would be no coal in the United States by the end of the decade. Just let that sink in. These are the people you elected to high office or who were appointed to high office. This man is the president's mouthpiece as pertaining to the climate. 
John Kerry said there would be no coal in the United States by the end of the decade. At the COP26 climate conference in Glasgow, Scotland. How exactly did Mr. Kerry get to Glasgow, Scotland? Well, he flew private jets, of course, because, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. Can you imagine what will be unleashed in this country when people are hungry and they have no place to get food and people are freezing and they have no way of heating their homes because people like John Kerry unilaterally declare that "Ah, by 2030 in the United States, we're not going to have coal. I'm going to go eat some ketchup. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, figure it out. Uh, Kerry is the first Biden official to publicly comment on the administration's environmental policy since the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that contained numerous sections dedicated to climate change passed Congress. Oh, by the way, for those of you that still think this is a Democrat and Republican problem, uh, how many Republicans voted for the $1.7 trillion uh, Pork? Huh? 13, was it? I know. Rising Phoenix. Where? Stop. I actually got an email from somebody the other day. I find myself hating you for the things you say, but realizing that what you say is the truth. And I, I, I took that as an odd compliment. Because I would rather be hated for speaking the truth than be loved for perpetuating a lie. What was it in August we were supposed to see the bare-chested Trump riding a unicorn with an M16 and a K-bar between his teeth? This is, we're middle of November, kids. Ain't gonna happen. And I know that we, we can relish the small victories like Virginia, but the trajectory remains the same. And these people don't realize what they're bringing upon themselves with the policies they're instituting. Uh, A massive individuals who have nothing left to lose and who can identify a certain segment of people a politician, a handful of politicians, or even a political party responsible for the fact that their kids are starving and they're freezing and they've got no hope for a better future. Ooh, doggy. Let's just say I wouldn't want to be on that side of the aisle because it's not going to be about, you know, political affability. It's not going to be about dialogue. It's going to get medieval, and it's going to get medieval quick. And that's what nobody seems to be understanding. Or if they are, they're hoping against hope that it won't happen. Look, shortages are now a reality. Inflation. Oh, by the way, remember when they were saying it was transitory? Who told you it wasn't? Hold on, let me look. Oh, this guy. 
That's right, there's the train, and we're on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh-huh. But then again, I, I could have gone the Benny Hinn route, couldn't I? Blowing on a couple people, jujitsu chopped a couple people, made a few million bucks, lived in a gated community, had Postmates or whoever delivers food. I've never had food delivered other than by pizza. A- anybody who would have a third party go to like a McDonald's or a Burger King to pick up French fries and a cheeseburger for them and bring it to their house is looking to find a razor blade in that burger patty. I'm just saying. Pizza's pizza. You get it delivered. It's, it's become customary. But as far as everything, Grubhub or whatever else, put on some slippers. Change your wife beater. You've been wearing it for three weeks. Go out. See the sun. Eat some food. We, we, we've become this society of just cave dwellers. We accept so many things that we ought not to accept so readily that these people are emboldened to do far worse than they've already done. Inspiration. I don't know whether his is John Kerry's or Mr. Robinette Biden. His aspiration to rid the country of its coal by 2030 align, well, I guess it's Kerry's, align with Biden's deadlines for lowering greenhouse gases by the same year. Despite these goals, Axios reports that the U.S. did not join last week to a pledge signed by more than 40 countries to phase out coal-fired power plants in the 2030s and 2040s. I'm getting the distinct feeling, reading everything I'm reading by reporters the nation over, that they are the cancer that needs to be pruned from this society. They've become such ghoulish propagandists that they're no longer trying to hide the fact that they're pushing a narrative. They're no longer trying to hide the fact that they have an agenda. They're, they're no longer trying to hide the fact that they're biased in every way. So, just a thought. Now, lest you believed that the only individual that could go across the pond and bring shame to America and embarrass us as a nation was Mr. Robinette Biden. By the way, did you, did you hear about Flatulence Gate? If you haven't heard about Flatulence Gate, it's funny. Uh, some, some duchess was standing next to Mr. Robinette Biden, and apparently by her testimony, he let one rip. And what astounded her was not the odor of the flatulence, you see. But it was the length and brevity of the flatulence. It was not a car horn, beep, beep. It was one of those, uh, you know, coal mine horns that you see in the cartoons. This, it kept going and going and going. It was like the Energizer Bunny of farts. And this duchess was standing next to Joe Biden, and she was wondering, is this man about to just fold in on himself like a deflating balloon? Is the only thing that was keeping him alive and erect this mass of gas that has just been released through his rectum? That 
that's how long a fart it was. Now, this made international headlines, believe it or not. And not to be outdone by a dithering old man, Kamala Harris went to France. And because a homeless man reeking of shellfish and vomit has more class than our current vice president, she went to France and began to use a French accent. Let that sink in. Kamala Harris went to France and began using a French accent in Paris. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. I, why? Why? This is the level of intellect. This is why I don't believe that this is planned. You cannot mess anything up this much and plan on doing it. There's no way you can plan this level of incompetence. Do you understand this? In every communist and socialist's wildest dream, they couldn't plan this. But all it takes is Kamala Harris, the woman who would love Willie Brown in the biblical sense, and uh, Mr. Robinette Biden, the man who wonders as to who filled his diaper. So Vice President Kamala Harris was mocked Wednesday for using a French accent while speaking to scientists in France. Mon Dieu! Oui, oui! But of course, with us in government, we campaign with the plan, Harris said, waving her arms about as she toured the Pasteur Institute in the capital. As Breitbart reported, uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. Oh, Lordy, idiot. Senator Josh Hawley, Press Secretary Abigail Marone, let off with a response when she tweeted, is she using a French accent? So, we oui, we oui. uh, Our uh, vice president, esteemed or otherwise, uh, went to Gay Paris and began using a French accent. That's like, who is it? Madonna. Uh, becoming English all of a sudden. All these, these twits, all these small-minded, irrelevant, just, just blotches on human history do this kind of thing. She started using a French accent when she went to Paris. Madonna's wearing an English accent because she lives in London. Just because you eat spotted dick, madam, it does not make you English. I know that sounded naughty. It wasn't. It's actually a, a culinary delicacy in England. No, I don't pretend to be classy, but I know my stuff. Uh, let's just say if I wanted to pretend to be classy, I could. But I'm me. I've been wearing the same pair of jeans for three days. 
I haven't shaved in a week. And after I'm done with this program, I'm likely going to go back home and curl up in bed because, man, this weather's ugly. Now, it's not all good news. <laughs> uh, apparently, and look, uh, another public service announcement. Not everyone who says they are a Christian are a Christian. Uh, there has been an increase, exponential increase, in people trying to take advantage of the children of God and separate them from their money because, well, let's face it, lots and lots of Christians are gullible. Um, so any, any, anyone that uses Jesus in uh, relation to getting you to invest in anything, whether a new cryptocurrency or some land out in Idaho, whatever, I'm not telling you what to do, but take a step back, analyze it, and be wise about what you decide to do. Uh, Christian entrepreneurs dead in murder-suicide weeks after wife asked fans on Facebook for prayer. Months after moving to Georgia to expand their business, Christian couple Ronell and Kina Burns, once celebrated on social media for their inspiring entrepreneurship, uh, being able to get a line of credit is not entrepreneurship. Maxing out said line of credit to live the high life is not entrepreneurship. Everybody's trying to give money away at this juncture. I'm getting invites to credit cards I've never heard of. Hey, you're pre-approved. You can call yourself an entrepreneur too. Months after moving to Georgia to expand their business, Christian couple Ronell and Kayana Burns once celebrated on social media for their inspiring entrepreneurship and for his glory ministries were found dead inside their Sandy Springs home in what police suspect is a murder-suicide. I love you so much, I can't imagine you living without me. That, that's, I guess, what happened here. Uh, uh, let me guess. These uh, celebrated uh, entrepreneurs offer to teach others how to be celebrated entrepreneurs in their own right for a nominal fee and a recurring monthly charge. Wink, wink. Mm. All right. I'm, I'm going to... But, Mike, two people are dead. People die every day. Can we please? How, why, why, are, why are we so sentimental about the death of strangers only when it suits our narrative? It was a murder-suicide. They got in over their head. They probably overspent themselves into oblivion living in a home they couldn't afford, driving cars they couldn't afford. Apparently not enough people were living the dream, even though they were paying their monthly charge. And things started getting tight. And rather than, you know, acknowledge that, hey, baby girl, 
We can't afford to live in this McMansion. We need to downsize to a one-bedroom apartment in a naughty neighborhood. He decided, I know what I'm going to do. Bang, bang, boom, boom. See you later, alligator. And again, this wouldn't be a story, and I wouldn't be talking about it, save for the fact that they were celebrated Christian entrepreneurs. And this story isn't on some rag website. It's not on a godless website. It's, it's on the Christian post. There's a reason I'm talking about this. Because more often than not, the image individuals project on places like Facebook and Instagram and InstaFace and whatever else there is, on, 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 on butt face stories or whatever, whatever. The image they project is very different than the reality that they live. Let that sink in. Because there are countless individuals trying to hustle the children of God. And they're projecting an image of their life that they're not really living. And they're telling other gullible people, hey, you can have this too, even though they don't really have it. If this was really a Christian entrepreneur couple, then their ministry should have been to lead people to Christ. And because they were entrepreneurs and apparently financially stable enough, they could have done the ministry of their own volition, with their own finances, without asking people to sow a seed. I, I get flack from everybody. My little brother gives me flack. Because more often than not, I dress like a homeless person. I'm not going to project an image of something that I'm not. I, I, I wear a suit when I go to preach or when I go to church because it shows reverence to God, but day in and day out, me driving into the office, I'm not putting on khakis and a button-down. Khakis are itchy, and button-downs make me feel uncomfortable because I have a gut. So I'll wear a goofy T-shirt that I've washed a thousand times that probably has three holes in it. People look at me and give me a sad look. And I couldn't care less because I'm not trying to project any kind of image. I'm not trying to say to people, hey, look at me. I'm successful. I'm an entrepreneur for the Lord. And if you want to learn how to be an entrepreneur for the Lord, send a check for $59.95 or your credit card number where we'll bill you monthly cycles. And we can teach you how to be an entrepreneur for the Lord. I've made it very plain. I've told everyone that wanted to know. I, I, I embrace Paul's ideal of, of tent making. I don't have a problem with people taking salary from ministry. I do have a problem when they're, when they're dependent to the point that they will massage a message because they're afraid they're going to lose supporters. I make enough with my tent building to support my family. 
I'm not dependent on the stipend the ministry pays me. And so I've had the phone calls. And I've had the angry emails. I'm never going to support you again because I don't like what you said. Granted, six months later, uh, I, I need to repent because I, I see that what you said came to pass. Okay, God bless you. No problem. But I'm not, I'm not going to tailor a message. I'm not going to pretend I like an individual or I like a movement or I like a political party for the sake of saving somebody's feelings or sparing their feelings or, you know, I'm going to be as milk toast as possible to get as many people to support the work as I can. I look, be either hot or cold. That goes with everything in life. If you don't like me, say you don't like me, I'll respect you. If you love me, say you love me, I'll respect you too, but don't be milk toast about it. Well, there are pros and there are cons, and you know, you could look at it one way and look, and look at it another way. Stop. Don't. You're not, it's not my job to impress you. It's not your job to impress anybody else. God sees the truth of everything. Nothing is hid from his eyes. That should scare some of you. Nothing is hid from his eyes. So even though the late Ronnell Burns and the late Kayana Burns tried to project an image of success, an entrepreneurial genius, chances are they were in debt up to their eyeballs pretending to be something they were not. And that kind of thing gets to you. Look, it's, it's, it's real easy to get used to a certain kind of lifestyle. It's real easy to get used to a certain kind of recognition, class, way of life it's a lot harder having to throttle back to step down just just be who you are whether you're rich or you're poor or you're smart or not so smart whether you're educated and have class and know that you're not supposed to speak English in a French accent when you go to France whether you know it's not Italian, but Italian, whatever. Just be you. Because we're living in this generation of narcissism where everyone has to declare their happiness and they have to declare their accomplishment. They need people to look on their Facebook page and Find them smiling in matching sweaters, sitting in a pumpkin patch. Or, hey, great vacay, look, there's a volcano behind me and a whale jumping out of the water over the volcano. Look, 
the only thing that I've shared on my Facebook page as far as my private life was the birth of my two daughters because that was something so monumental for me that I couldn't contain it. Uh, it would have been selfish of me not, not to share it with the people that I know, with my friends and with my acquaintances. That's it. You can, you can go through since the beginning of it all. The birth of my daughters are the only two things that I shared. Not, hey, look at me. I'm so successful. I'm wearing a suit and a fedora. Not only am I wearing a bow tie, but I'm wearing a bolo tie and a regular tie at the same time. That's how successful I am. Come follow me for more entrepreneurial wisdom. It's a sad story, but it didn't have to get to this. If these people were just honest about who they were, what their accomplishments were, what their failures, their fears, their successes, and everything else were. Nobody's perpetually happy. I, 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 honestly, I'm a little trepidatious of people that only post happy things on Facebook or wherever. Just every, all happiness all the time. Those are the kinds of people that snap and microwave kittens at some point. But let's get back to this story. I can confirm that our detectives are investigating this incident that happened Saturday right before 9 p.m. This is still in the preliminary stages of the investigation, Uh, but I can confirm this to be a domestic violence incident where a wife shot and killed her husband and subsequently committed suicide. There's a twist. It's usually the other way around. Maybe he was the one with a head on his shoulders that said, honey, we can't live like this anymore. You know that, 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 you know, Louboutin bag that you just bought? You know that, that, that Chanel necklace? Maybe we got to return those and pay the mortgage. What you think, baby? And she said, uh-uh, you ain't taking my blessing away from me because... We've been conditioned to believe that material things are the end-all and be-all of blessing. We, we've been conditioned to believe that unless we have the McMansion and unless we have the gaudy jewelry and unless we have all, all the things the world looks upon and deems as monuments of success then we're not really blessed. Look, uh, last night I I took my daughters to Bible study. And on the way home, it was the first time that that Melina, which is the youngest, got to be in the same Bible study class with her big sister. And the most joyful time of my life was listening to those two in the back seat talk about how good a time they had sitting together and, and listening to the lesson. It was on the Ten Commandments. I've never felt more blessed in my entire life than listening to my daughters driving home at 8 o'clock at night talking about how much fun they had at Bible study. 
And I'm not I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm oh I'm a poor poor man. Look, I it's America. I've told you this before. If you want to succeed, you can succeed. There, there's no limit to, to the amount of money you can make in this country. But that never made me feel as blessed as listening to my daughters talk about Bible study. So maybe if we reassess and redefine blessing, maybe if we take what happened to the Burnses as a cautionary tale, Maybe we'll learn to appreciate the little things a lot more than, you know, the fancy mansion or the $100,000 car. I just a thought. Because it's sad. It's sad. It's when you're unable to cope with the loss of material things to the point that not only do you take your life, but you take your spouse's life. That, that pretty much shows where your heart was. No one else was present at the home when this incident happened. Listen to this. The deaths of Kayana Burns and Ron L. Burns, who together had eight children from previous relationships, was first reported by VOP News, an independent news outlet in St. Louis, Missouri. The circumstances surrounding the deaths remain unclear, But just over two weeks before the murder-suicide, Kiana Burns, who owned Critique Design's Beauty and Barber Salon in St. Louis, publicly revealed on Facebook that she was struggling to adjust to her new life in Georgia without extended family and friends to help, particularly with her children. She asked her fans to pray for her strength. Well... I guess she decided to go the other route. But this is this is this this is the moment in history that we're living in. Another story that that just popped up, suicide of pastor's wife illuminates silent deadly public health crisis among mothers. Real postpartum depression is now reason for suicide. Come on. I Okay. We're talking about self identified Christians. We're talking about people who, who I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Remember that story? What happened to that song? Apparently, suicide among Christians is a thing. Murder-suicide's apparently a thing, too. What happened to, I got the joy, joy. Don't pretend you have the joy. Have the joy. And if you truly have the joy of the Lord in your heart, then, then everything else is tertiary. This, this this woman killed herself. Pastor's wife. 
Seven days after Paige Hilkins' death, North Coast Church senior pastor Chris Brown said the grief her family experienced was so deep not even a Bible verse could help. I promise you there is no right sentence, there's no right prayer, there's no verse in the Old Testament or in the New Testament that's going to help on a day like today, he said in his opening statement at her memorial service. We're going to go through a really bad morning together, and that's the honesty of days like today. On July 31st, Paige Hilkin, the 20-year-old wife of 32-year-old North Coast Church teaching pastor Christopher Hilkin, took her life at an Arizona mental health facility uh, four months after giving birth to her fifth child. How, how do we get here? As, as believers who are supposed to be different than the world, who are supposed to deal with crisis, process grief, process lack, process famine, process hurt, process persecution, different than the world does. How do we get here? Are we really any different than those of the world if this is how we react to the normal ebbs and flows of life? Question. It's not, I don't have an answer. This is not a gotcha. But this is an honest-to-goodness question. Are we any different than those of the world professing to be sons and daughters of God? If our reaction to the things of this earth, to the normal ebbs and flows of life, are the same as those of the world, how, how are we different? Just because just we say we, we put the word Christian in front of entrepreneur, just because we say we're something? If we have no greater comfort than those of the world, if we have no greater peace than those of the world, if we have no greater joy than those of the world, can we still say that we're not as the world and not of the world? Because once you came into Christ, you were buried with Christ and God. You received a new mind, a new heart, new aspirations, new dreams, new joy, new peace, fulfillment, etc. How exactly do we come to the point of reacting to situations in our life exactly as the world does if we are supposed to be renewed in mind and spirit? I'm, I'm trying to work this out in real time because it's disturbing to me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm married to perhaps the strongest woman I've ever met. And she's not what I would call hyper-spiritual. She, she's not one of these, you know, bless this home, martial good sign sort of girls. But she's never reacted to the circumstances of life the way I read these, these supposed Christian luminaries doing. We've had our difficulties. We've had our hard times. We've had our disappointments. But never once was her reaction 
as would be the reaction of someone in the world. Look, I, I, I think I, I wasn't even going to talk about these things today. I had a couple of stories pulled up about how uh, the Republicans that voted for the infrastructure bill uh, did so after securing cash from the Chamber of Commerce. You know, stuff like that that should open to your, your eyes to, to certain realities. But we got here, and I guess there's a reason for it. And if we're here, I guess there's an underlying message that needs, needs to get across to somebody. And that underlying message is uh, pretending to be is not the same as being. I'm going to say that again because it's, it's profound in its simplicity. Pretending to be is not the same as being. I think much of the church culture today has the mindset of, you know, fake it till you make it. Put on the suit, put on the smile. Take the pictures. Hashtag Jesus loves you until you finally come into feeling that way or grow into feeling that way or, or, or become that happy person you're pretending to be. Pretending to be something and being something are two very different things. Jesus offers you the possibility of actually being what you've been pretending to be. He offers you the possibility of being free, of having peace, of having joy, of having fulfillment, not because of stuff, not because somebody calls you an inspirational Christian entrepreneur, but because you know Jesus and he knows you. If, if this is how we're acting now, when relatively speaking, we haven't seen the ugly side of life. If this is how we're acting now, when relatively speaking, times are still relatively good. What's going to happen to the nominal Christians when the hammer does drop. Again, a question worth pondering. Because if... if our go-to is murder-suicide, and suicide now, because maybe you had to scale back a bit, or maybe you had to return a couple of those Hermes bags. Yes, I know Hermes. See? I call it Hermes just to annoy snooty ladies. 
if that's all it takes for you to check out, I wonder how many people will go that same route when things get really bad. So, again, stop pretending and be. Leave, leave, leave Facebook to the Facebookers and get into your prayer closet. And don't get out until you have the joy you've been pretending to have. Don't get out of your prayer closet until you have the peace you've been pretending to have. And with that, thank you for joining us. I, this went off the rails hard, but hey, there you go. That's what you call free entertainment. You never know what you're going to get. May God bless you. May God keep you. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Well, one thing I want to say, you know, people email and, and I've been, I traveled with Mike 18 and a half years, and I want to tell you something. I support what he's saying 100% because... Mike and his family, they're very involved in Romania when it was communist. They know as much as anyone that the signs of this socialistic communist attempt to take over America is going on right now. And Mike is bold. He has humor. And, and, and if you think it's a little raw humor or it's too much humor, you know what? It's sane humor, good quality humor as well as very poignant, 100% right on teaching. I don't say that because he's a friend. I say it because I concur with what he's saying. We have the worst administration in American history of leadership. I'm not afraid to say that. We have the most incompetent president we've probably ever had, and I'm not afraid to say that. And it boils down all the way to a very incompetent cabinet. And, you know, Mike made a good point. I'd rather tell the truth and have people not be happy with me than tell a lie and be everybody's friend. Um, you know, the Bible says in Ezekiel 33, the watchman sees trouble coming and blows a trumpet. And, you know, I'll be very blunt. I, was, I traveled with Demetri Dudeman. He was very blunt, but 100% right on with his messages from God. And he still had a little humor which we all admired, because a little levity is good. You know, we can't, can't get away from the fact that people have their characteristics. But I will say one thing. Everything Mike's been saying on these programs and six months ago is coming true. And it's not because he's boasting in that. It's because he's trying to have people prepare, because it has caused some people to consider suicide. It has... I mean, the, the times we're in, to de- cause people to be depressed, et cetera, and it's only going to get a lot worse. We need to be close to the Lord, trusting God, and being prepared as much as we can spiritually and then physically for the hard times. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. 
or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are